create with France Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. This is France Sydney and you are listening to Create with France. As you know, we have now episode 148 and thank you so much for listening to me and so many thousands of downloads so that makes me really excited knowing that you are there so please let me know if you want a specific topic of course i will be very happy to cover it as you might remember we spent a few weeks talking about weight weight loss chronic pain with Stephen Blake, my hypnotherapist colleague, and now I wanted to shift the attention to the opposite issue. So that's not when we are just trying to lose weight and see why we're not losing it, but when losing weight becomes a disorder. When the obsession of losing weight is there every day and is limiting the way we live and we eat, we have something called anorexia. You might think that very, very few people in the world have an eating disorder. That's why we're talking so much about food. But just in the UK, the research suggests that we have between 1.25 and 3.4 million people who are suffering from an eating disorder. And about 25% of them are male, the rest are female. So isn't just female, see? And the majority of these disorders start when people are, you know, in their adolescent years. Although there are exceptions, there are people who develop when they are 50, 60, even 70, and there are even tiny children, six years old, the youngest that we know of. But on average, they're not. They're usually 16 to 17 for anorexia nervosa. So... The eating disorders that we are talking about is anorexia, but most eating disorders are common between 16 and 40 years old, and only 10% of these disorders are anorexia nervosa. And if you think about it, it's, it's quite, quite a number, you know, to know all these people suffering, and the average onset for anorexia is about 16 to 17 years old, while 40% of people who have an ED will suffer from bulimia nervosa and this tends to happen a little bit later between 18 to 19 years old. Remember there are lots of categories of eating disorders so I thought well we can't really spend five hours on a podcast talking about everything but we do know that the more people you have in your family with an eating disorder the more likely you are to develop the same disorder compared to others who don't have the same family history. That's quite interesting, isn't it? And sadly, if we don't do anything, we're going to really see the lives of certain people being wasted away. Why? Because the eating disorders have the highest mortality rates among psychiatry disorders. And anorexia nervosa has the highest mortality rate for of any psychiatric disorder in adolescence. So it is important that there is early treatment so that the person who is suffering has a really good chance of recovery. So let's talk about this. And why would it be timely to talk about this now? Because as you can read from a BBC article from two years ago, 
Better data from the NHS they showed that these numbers are increasing and the numbers of people with eating disorders in England has risen sharply during the pandemic. This has been found by a BBC investigation. And we're talking about 50% higher than in the years 2019 and, and 2020. So these are so high that the hospitals are now warning that they're running out of bed to care for these patients. Why? And the BBC article says that mental health charities say that the pandemic, in particular lockdowns, had a devastating impact on, on vulnerable young people and they have increased anxiety, they have increased isolation, which has led to more people developing for coping, you know, it's a coping mechanism, disorders such as bulimia and anorexia. And then, you know, this is really bad. And the people who already have those disorders, they go better, no, they go worse because they couldn't see anyone, they couldn't have the support. So this investigation was really important and I'm glad that it has been published. So some people who have been interviewed said their eating disorder actually thrived off the pandemic. And things were really, really tough for them. So it's important that we realize what was the impact on them. Um, one woman called Hannah, who is 16, was saying that she had an eating disorder. When the pandemic began, there were this huge adjustment to do. And the eating disorder thrived off the fact that she could not see friends. And so the anxiety took over. Her mental health went up and down. She was watch the news, uh, the news, sorry, and she didn't know oh, what's going on with these rules and or maybe I can come out, oh no, uh, Christmas, oh no, we can't have Christmas anymore. It was like really tough, you can't get out anymore, you, you know, a young person, you want to go out, she ended up in any accident and emergency because her health deteriorated and, you know, it, it's... It's a really, really difficult thing to see what the effects is when you isolate people from others. And, and so that's why I think it's important because it's not that these people after the lockdown ended and everything, they go better and that's it. There are people who are still there with a massive problem. They studied before, during or after this lockdown. They're still there, they're alive, but they're not living. So why they're not living? Because they're denying themselves a normal lifestyle and they're focusing obsessively on losing weight, losing a size, becoming smaller, and they can't see, they have body dysphoria, <laughs> dysphoria. they cannot see, they're very extremely thin until it's very late, and sometimes they ended up in a really, really serious situation or even losing their health completely and losing their life. So anorexia has been around for, you know, quite a few years as far as we know. In fact, it was quite a few years ago, probably about in the 50s, when uh, I think it was a psychiatrist. No, wait, he was about a century ago, wasn't he? And um, it was William Gold. He wrote some medical research paper and he talked about anorexia nervosa. Now I think anorexia, where, where does this anorexic thing come from? Well, it comes actually from Greek. 
In Greek, orexis is the appetite. If you go to Greece and you have dinner, they say kaliorexi, have a good dinner, have a good appetite. So anorexia means the loss of the appetite. And it was, you know, coined by Mr. Gold in 1873. But um, we see that it existed in the past and people were, you know, losing their weight and everything. But now this problem has become a very widespread problem in Western society. Why is that a problem? Because there are things that people do when they have a specific eating disorder that because to have a very low weight they will restrict the amount of food they will eat and how many times a day they will eat they will not see their body in the way that other people will do it and they have a fear of becoming bigger heavier and this desire to be thin is just most powerful than anything else they can't just eat you cannot even just eat they will not eat and they might have a panic attack before eating because for them it's like, no way, I'm, I'm harming myself. And I was watching recently a video from a woman who had suffered from 10 years of anorexia and she remembered that during breakfast time, for example, she was there with this bowl of porridge or whatever it was and she would have these intrusive thoughts coming all the way and the thoughts would say, I don't deserve to eat. I am too fat. I'm out of control. And so she would just stop eating and feel very guilty because she was eating. And the interviewing person on the other side, the journalist said, what would happen if you ate? And she said, well, if I ate, my worth as a person will go down. And people won't love me. People will not care about me. I just feel disgusting. And that is because for her, food meant guilt. It means shame, it means anxiety. And so of course what happens is when you are focusing so much, that is too much on your food, on your calories, on your weight, on your exercise, and you are anorexic, you stop thinking about the things that could be very important and useful for your recovery. So these people start maybe with just exercising too much, or wanted to be thin for a particular reason and then they end up having a huge problem. One of the stories that I read recently is about a girl that was actually a very tall and robust basketball player and she was very good, you see the photo, she's fine. But people were bullying her. They were saying, you know, awful names, calling her fat and I can tell you she was everything but fat. And eventually, she took this bullying very seriously. She developed anorexia and for several years, she was very ill. She became thinner and thinner and despite being hospitalized many times, there was a, a point in her life when she stopped fighting it and she sadly passed away. And um, before she did, she allowed her DNA to be studied by the scientific community and uh, you will see, I will put a video and a minute 33, you will see that it's been established that there can be a genetic predisposition to develop anorexia by suffering from obsessive thinking, from depression and from anxiety. And, and I'm so sad to hear that things like bullying can be a trigger for something that we might be genetically predisposed to, to develop. 
And this can be triggered by many, many things. It's a disorder that can come from almost everywhere. For example, for some of the girls, and because mostly it's girls, but not always, the problem was that there was a combination of maybe anxiety before an important exam, maybe they couldn't sleep well, maybe they've lost a person, that they were very attached to the person who passed away, or the person who moved. So they had like a perfect storm, everything was bad, and, you know, this triggered the thing. In other cases, you have dancers or sport performers, models, actresses, who are told from day one you have to be size zero, you have to be smaller, ah, we've, we measured you, you need to be two inches smaller on your hips, and so they just stop eating altogether because they don't know what a proper healthy diet is, and maybe they are very, very young, they don't really go back to their parents, and in the same way accepted people have to be really thin, but if you look at the catwalk, some of the models actually faint on the catwalk because they are so weak, they haven't eaten because they have to be, you know, gaunt looking very thin, they have to be like skeletons. And I always wondered why we as a society keep buying from, from people, from designers who put on the catwalk very anorexic looking models because they really cannot be giving a positive message to our sons and daughters of what a healthy body and lifestyle can be. We need to really get together and, and think about what kind of psychological triggers we might have in our family, environment, work, school, social media that might make these people feel badly about themselves and about your body, about their health, and the weight, the shape and everything else. And so the best thing we can do for them is to, to talk about things, to be able to give those thoughts and emotions a place where, so we can talk without feeling that we're going to be judged or attacked or whatever. And it's important that, you know, we all can have negative thoughts, but important not to give them attention and to let them go away. And when once you learn that, you are much more in control even of anorexia. So the family needs to learn family therapy, to understand the language of mental ill health, so that when you have these demons coming, you know you're fighting them, your friends, your family are with you, helping you. And when we learn to be honest and to express these negative thoughts and those feelings, you see that they become less dangerous and, and less heavy and you can move on and, and eat normally and be just a normal person that has an odd stupid thought. I read so many stories of recovery from anorexia and I feel very very positive that we can really learn how to get out of it but we all need professional help. Why? Because it's important that a lot of young people know this, they do not know how to talk about their thoughts and their feelings. They don't know how to talk about their struggles and they don't know what to do with their mood and with their anxiety. So these words are some, sometimes missing or they might be learning from TikTok and maybe it's not as useful. So we have these things, we have genetical 
parts in in a you know in the components of our character and what we do and our behaviors so the genetic components are important and we can have things that are stress inducing events but you know major life changes they can be there we give value to being thin and of course we reach a very low weight after which people start to treat us differently so it is important to start looking at this why we're getting this body dysphoric uh, disorder why we're getting the problems and what the parents want to do when they have a young person that seems to be stuck into an endless diet they want to help their child to get back to a healthy weight but sometimes it's very hard because a child is closed to every possible adverse world and this is probably when we start talking to therapists so we can talk about anxiety and depression and tackling maybe with cognitive behavioral therapy or with hypnosis or whatever you know you decide with family therapy we we see what's going on and in some cases you are admitted to a hospital to restore the weight that you have lost because it is important there there will be a, a problem if the weight keeps going down there will be a cascade of problems that happen into your health and into your, the way that you function so parents we are supposed to have our eyes open and see if a child has eaten enough times and enough food of all the proper uh, groups because you know about 5% of people with anorexia will die from complications over a 10 year period so they have quite a risk there and it's important to be very very solid you know in in this approach that we want to help them and we want to understand what is the root cause of the eating disorder because it's not normal to starve ourselves let's go the other way around as we we started with the solution we go through the rest you know what what are the symptoms what do you notice in the body of a person who is anorexic you don't need one you need a lot of symptoms to start thinking that a person has anorexia like i can tell it because i've always been tiny i've always been very thin but i'm not anorexic it is a lot of stuff and whatever i want and whenever i want and so i'm fine but there are people who starve themselves so make make sure you don't you know make sure you understand who you're talking to here so you're looking at a person that is way thinner than they should be for their height and uh, maybe they don't have periods anymore if they're girls maybe their hair is not doing well the hair is thinning that's not normal when you're in your you know 12 to 20 years old you shouldn't be losing your hair and uh, maybe they're doing everything so they don't become overweight but you see them they're like size 10 or 8 or even 6 and they're like overweight and the weight is going down you can see from their face the weight is going down when you're quite advanced in in anorexia you will have a little lanugo which is like a um, very soft hair that's growing all over the body and you can see that in transparent um, you know but with a backlight and you think what was going on with a person it's a reaction of the body they might have heart problems so the heart is is going a little bit too fast or not quite regular they might be always tired you can see when we are talking it's very difficult to talk to them and they speak 
with a lot of effort, they are cold and they tend to have a rather bad breath. They also must have things sometimes like muscle tension that you couldn't think why they have it and they can't sleep well. So these are some of the things. You might also notice they might have photographs and they might weigh themselves and weigh all the foods. So there are things, you know, that you can see on top of a bodily, very visible signs. So you will notice a really big preoccupation with the food. Maybe they cook for you, but they, they will not eat any of that. And they will, maybe they are the famous people that we admire are skeletons and they speak very critically of being of a normal weight and they might have you know maybe not a very good memory anymore and their mind isn't quite working clearly anymore they become very rigid very inflexible also remember that uh, a percentage of these people are also autistic and you know that makes everything you know amplifies that and they might have a really low self-esteem they don't believe in themselves they're very critical of themselves you will see perfectionists you might see OCD you will see depression they might be covering their bodies you don't see it they might have anxiety the mood goes up and down all the time and you know then eventually you will notice that they are hiding they're not eating with you they're going to their bedroom to eat but they're not going there with a big pizza they go with very little and they throw it away and so you get like what's going on here and uh, they might cut everything into small pieces so i'm gonna eat it later and then they don't then there is something called anorexia purging and so these are people that have diet pills and laxative or diuretics because they are trying to flush all this food and um, you know they are restricting everything but then every once in a while we do binge eating and it's not the same as bulimia nervosa this is different and um, oh as it happened to one of the guys I was um, watching a video of they might do exercise so much exercise hours and hours and hours because they decided to be very fit by so much they were collapsing and they end up hospitalized because it was too much for them so even guys can have a problem and um, self-harming that's another thing that happened to them uh, happened to them happened they do and being lonely they do not want to go and see with friends and they feel lonely because they don't see anyone but they keep seeing themselves as a person that needs to lose weight that's interesting that's just so incredible how they do not see themselves like we do there are also cases where anxiety comes with body dysphoric disorder or with a attention deficit hyperactivity disorder it could be part of alcoholism it could be a borderline or other personality disorders and uh, it could be just anxiety and depression it could be autism spectrum so really you want to see a person that is very professional for a diagnosis because you want to make sure of what to understand what you're dealing with so you know because anorexia nervosa is also very heritable like twin studies have a heritability of about 30 to 60 percent so you know that's 
quite high sort of thing. And so you want to look at all these things and see how likely is it that this is anorexia and that is something that was predisposed and now it's been triggered. And then you might have lots of problems later, you know, and that you want to stop and you'll be stronger because you know that there is a genetic component that makes it more difficult for them. Although in the past some people thought, well, you are anorexic because maybe you were abused as a child, your family wasn't good. There isn't really much evidence of that. But what we do know is that uh, some of the causes of anorexia are, anorexia are psychological. So you see, the self-esteem is, is really not very good. And these people are depressed. They cannot control themselves. So they control something in their life by controlling the food. The anxiety is there all the time. They're not calm and relaxed people. And they are very, very perfectionists. They're trying to do everything right. And so they are very, very specific also about their behavior towards food. One of the big risk factors for anorexia is trauma. And um, it could be, you know, quite a high risk as well. So it's important because more than 70% of people who have it they talk about a trigger being a traumatic event. So let's, let's talk. We have to keep maybe the mouth open and the ears open and so that the person can talk, we can listen and the therapist can make a proper professional diagnosis of what is going on and why is going on. And there has been, of course, trauma that is being perpetrated several times on a person maybe physically, they've been beaten up or something, and in any case, if it's physical trauma, the person can feel, well, my body is used by others to control me, it's not mine, you know, and when they start to control the food, they can control how much to eat. So they have a control over their life. So it is interesting how the unconscious mind will work here. And also for some people who've been sexually abused, and they were told that oh, you are beautiful, you are so cute. Maybe unconsciously, sometimes there is this unknown thinking, but basically if I don't eat, I'm not going to be very good as a sexual object, so I'm not going to be very appetizing, so nobody is going to jump on me. One thing I notice a lot is the family group dynamics where if you think about it, when there is a family where you, you argue and there is a lot of blame, blame, blame all the time, and, you know, that it really doesn't help because you have these negative, you know, emotions going on that is not very good. And also you have environments where you are told that you have to be thin, you know, model stancer. So there are pressures inside the house, pressure outside of a house and then people say oh at least I go out with my friends and I just um, relax in my bedroom I'm gonna be fine no you're not because you have such things as the media and the media now is giving a lot of dissatisfaction regarding our body because the magazines that we 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 read you know online or not the blogs you know, they talk about calories and, and weight loss all the time. And while for men, they talk about muscles, you know, but for women, it's like, ah, how are you going to lose weight, lose weight? So it's important that we understand that there is a, a false view of what we should look like. But 
even in the magazines, you look at all the people they've been all altered, and all the new celebrities are extremely young, extremely thin, yet having a very big endowment. I never understood that. How is that possible? And so they are impossible to attain goals for these people they, they want to be, you know, and for those who want to be that thin and beautiful, it, it's like an endless battle because, you know, they don't see that a photo of a model has been adapted, it's been photoshopped, it's been improved, you know, if they saw a real model, probably they wouldn't like it that much. I really think that when we approach this as a family and there are lots of different family therapy groups, there are so many incredible places in the world where you can treat anorexia, we can really help the adolescents, sometimes in a few months, sometimes it will take years with CBT, hypnosis, acceptance, commitment, no, commitment, let's see, acceptance and commitment therapy, that's the one, see, it's, it's quite promising, and um, there are lots of therapies, and we are working on the phases of, first of all, you want to restore the weight, so the child stops risking to die, then you want to get control over the food, and then you want to work on all these issues that are related to how are we developing, what are the problems, what are the traumas, what are the fears that we have. So helping the person and be very, very tailored to the person need is important. And also enjoying food and making sure that slowly, slowly they have more food and they, you know, they enjoy the time and it's not seen as a punishment. And it is important, I think, that we learn not to be judgmental of them. And I remember one of these ladies that had recovered from an anorexia. She was starting to gain some weight, but she was still very, very young and very, very thin. And when she went out, people, it was in France, they were staring at her. They're like, what's going on? Maybe she's on cocaine. It was difficult. And, and the problem is there are issues, you know, your adipose tissue is gone. The growth hormone is not working fine and you might have tremors and seizures and you might have osteopenia so your heart might not be good so maybe you're fainting i do know of models that have fainted they're not because of their high heels they're fainting because they haven't eaten for three days and um, there is quite um, you know relapsing up to four percent for women and 0.3 percent in, in men so it's important to make sure that these people are helped as early as possible and restored to their weight when, when possible, as soon as possible. And they're helped for years after that because it might sometimes come back, especially if they were not in the center of this decision of stopping that. So we want to make sure the conversation is going, they are heard, and they can start loving themselves, loving their body again, and controlling these thoughts that come to them and they make them think that they are not good enough, they're not lovable, they're not beautiful enough, and they need to restrict their food or there's gonna be a problem. It's all in their head, obviously, because the society does not ask anyone to starve. But how are we getting this message? One of the ways that we about realizing we might be constantly on a diet. We might be looking in the mirror and criticizing our own body. 
we might be looking at social media and praising in movies and images only very thin people and there are lots of other ways in which without wanting to we might establish some way of thinking which is okay you know you might say something and that's fine but in other people who are predisposed and then end up having the perfect storm it might trigger a lifetime problem and i remember watching some movies and documentaries on was it on youtube i think and the comments underneath were heartbreaking there are people who've been suffering from anorexia for 15 years 20 years 30 years there has to be something we can do to help these people there has to be a different way of tackling food eating disorders and this is not about celebrating obesity because then when we go to the other side but about celebrating health and life without going to the extremes in in any direction which i think is a more sensible way of tackling because food is there to nourish you to make you feel great to build you up it's not there to celebrate every day and it's not there to punish you to make you expand so how are we seeing how are we developing this relationship with the food is very important and um, so let's look at that let's look around and see in our families and groups is there a person that seems to have this problem maybe all they need is a friend somebody to talk to to reassure them and maybe we just save them from starting this cycle of intrusive thoughts and thinking they are not good enough I also really hope that if you have ever bullied somebody and called them fat, that you will stop now. I've never been called fat because I've always been underweight, so I've been criticized for years and years and years because I was too thin and it really wasn't my fault. That's how my body was. I just could not put any weight. It was impossible. It took me years to understand. I had to overeat as far as I was concerned to get to a normal weight. And, um, and I know how it feels to be bullied and criticized to a certain extent. So I hope if you've done it, just don't do it ever again and think about the effect you have on others. Because bullying others is a terrible thing and it only reflects how negatively you think about yourself. That's why you go and put down others. So please don't ever do it again. And um, yeah, I want to finish right here talking to the bullies. That's how I feel today. And it's because we sometimes criticize our own children, grandchildren, friends, etc. And we're maybe trying to help, but we completely destroy them with constant comment about how they look. And there has to be a different way maybe of relating to them. In some culture we are more critical than others, I get it. but justify people following in this cycle of feeling that they will never match up to our expectations so this is it i mean this is just scraping the top of the tip of the iceberg because obviously if i were to talk about eating disorders i would be there for ages there'll be books there'll be something but you know i'm not the top expert in the world there'll be loads of professionals and psychiatrists psychologists and therapists worldwide but this is just like an inking so that you don't get the idea that i'm all for weight loss or anything just because i've done three episodes no i'm not i'm for 
healthy eating and enjoying your life, enjoying your food, making sure you eat good, fresh food. But for me, the weight is, you know, it's very personal. And some people have a bit more, some people a little bit less. We're all different. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for being with me today. And if you liked it, please leave a good reviews on Apple iTunes or on the other Podchaser, whatever they are called. Or send me a star on Facebook because now I get one cent. No, 0.0 cents for a star. Yay, I'm going to be a millionaire. I can't wait. And um, please share it with somebody who needs it. And reassure them that they are loved and they're beautiful, even if they're not exactly the same weight as a star on TikTok. Thank you for being with me. And I'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye. Listen.